God, I love you. Come on now, Mr. Rhodes. Leave the lovely Zelda alone. Who knows where she's been? Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. What's up, guys? It's Bink Winkleman. Just kidding. I'm not with the lovely Zelda. My name isn't Bink. It's Al. We are live in the nudie bar, and we are excited to review Just Married with Children. I'd like to welcome one of my co-hosts, Jerry. Who knows where he's been? I am so happy to be here. I'm so glad y'all let me on. I am, I'm here to win, Al. Good. That's what we like to hear. And we are also joined by the guy who can taste his spleen, Justin. What's up, brother? It only happens under serious stress or weight, and uh, it doesn't taste very good. (laughs) (laughs) Under 1,071 pounds? Yeah. It doesn't taste like farva beans with a nice Chianti? (laughs) I I don't even know what that is. I think it's just like Beef Wellington. Ah, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a big one, guys. This is what you call a landmark episode. The episode is actually so big that if you bought the original uh, Columbia TriStar Home Entertainment DVDs that were coming out uh, like 10 years ago for Married with Children before Mills Creek took it over, the entire box art is this entire episode. It's that big that memorable so a lot of big stuff going on here so uh the uh synopsis is peggy and al masquerade as steve and marcy on the game show how do i love thee and uh like i said it's called just married with children and the play on that is uh instead of married with children it's just married because they pose as newlyweds so this episode was uh, directed by Linda Day, who directed like 33 episodes of Married with Children, including the pilot and most of the, the big episodes. And it was written by Ellen L. Fogel, who wrote 22 other episodes. And believe it or not, bad ones like Peggy Sue Got Work, but great ones like How Do You Spell Revenge and things like that. So uh, this person's not exactly hit or miss. They're mostly hit, but we all have a clunker in... The backlogs, I guess. Yeah, ours is called Jerry. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you know, I was just about to, to to be like, I was about to bring up JP because I was like, you know how JP just said on the last episode how he wants that um, episode where it starts off where we see Marcy and Steve getting up for the day and having breakfast? Yeah. I didn't realize that until this episode that they do start off a lot of episodes in the morning around breakfast. <laughs> and how how often they ask Peggy what's for breakfast? Like, y'all know she didn't make anything. Like, wasn't it Albert <laughs> Einstein who said uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? <laughs> well, they are insane. Yeah, that's what it seems like. So I was about to be like, I just the previous episode – JP already had this known before it even popped in my head. But now I'm going to say, JP, you're a jerk, and I don't appreciate the the comment you made. Okay. (laughs) He seems very affected. Oh, he'll cry. Al and Peg have been getting lots of Steve and Marcy's mail. I guess it's not very interesting to ask you guys if you ever got your neighbor's mail, right? No, we can gloss over that. Okay. So <laughs> so one of the uh, – Which of is, the by ma- the way, super illegal. Yeah. Yeah, that's a federal offense. Yeah, they just open it. I love the joke, uh, architectural digest. Uh, <laughs> let's put it on the table. Let impress them when they come over and then it impresses them five minutes later. Yeah, but here's the thing, Okay. Um, and I only know this because of like I have old Nintendo Power magazines. 
they have a label on them with an address on them. Don't yeah. most magazines do that for at least back then? Wouldn't they like seen on the front or back how it said like Steve Rhodes? Well, she should have. They should have showed Peg peeling that white thing off. Oh, I mean, yeah, it might be on the back, and she didn't look on the back, right? Uh, I don't know. No, she's too amazed that they have it. Hey, look at this. Stephen Marcy got invited to fill out an application for some new TV game show, How Do I Love Thee? Oh, that's that game show for newlyweds. Yeah, it's coming to Chicago for one week only. We'll keep that. We'll have fun filling it out for him. <laughs> so uh, they get one thing in the mail. It's an application for a TV show, How Do I Love Thee? That title is obviously based off the poem, Let Me Count the Ways. What do you mean, obviously? What? Well, it's isn't obviously that... based on the poem. Like, who knew that? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> of course you heard somebody say I've never heard of that poem in my life. Wait, hold up. What? How do I love thee? Let me count the ways I love thee to the day. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I could see how, like, I didn't think about it until you started so you got to let me count the ways part, and now I'm like, oh, yeah. I w- I- I'll be honest with you. I was thinking about how Kelly got the grass stains on her back. <laughs> hey, Mom, my clothes, they smell clean. And my sweater, you can tell what color it is. Yeah, look, you got those grass stains off the back. I told you I fell. What a uh, savage correct. line, a, right? For real. And dude, let's talk about Al being like, look at these idiots with their $200 phone bill. And then Peggy's like, that's ours. But that's one of those jokes where you can see it, the, it playing out. You know what I mean? Like the moment he starts listing off things, you're like, because uh, they've made phone bill jokes in the past. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. By the way, I, I can't believe that Marcy has been doing their laundry for like 16 days. <laughs> and at first I was like, who has laundry for 16 days? Like, cause they almost make it seem like they're constantly doing it. And I'm like, is she doing like their entire back catalog of clothes? Oh yeah. She has to remember a few episodes ago, uh, Peg tells Al to spray deodorant on a clean, sh- uh, clean shirt or something or do something to a clean shirt. Yeah. And he says, I have no clean shirts, Peg. Eventually, Al will tell Peg that his shirt won't show up in a mirror. Yeah. So uh, no, all his clothes are dirty, so she she's given the stockpile to Marcy. That's it, kids. Let's hear it for your mom. We're always quick to criticize her when she doesn't wash or cook or clean or scrub. Or... Well, let's face it, she does nothing. <laughs> but you got to admit, after all these years, she's finally found a way how to get our clothes clean. Yeah. Here's your laundry. I'm sorry it took so long, but Al's shorts were particularly tricky today. I have to say, I didn't say this last episode, uh, but the pants Marcy was wearing were hideous. Like, they made her look terrible. And uh, But on this episode, she looks good in a bandana. And I don't know if it's my inner Al who's just like, yeah, make her clean. That's right. And that's why I like it. But I think Marcy looks good in the bandana. But Steve she walks does, into, She looks cute. She looks Oh, when Steve walks in, dressed like a a seventies disco. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, <laughs> he looks I do like wanna, disco stew. I do want to point. Oh, that was disco good. stew loves married with children too. I'm just glad he's not wearing his uh, Nehru jacket. That's uh, that's a good thing. Uh, Marcy, before I go to work, I was just wondering. You think you could find some time to do any of my laundry? <laughs> Look, Steve, I have a job, too, you know. I'm putting a stop to this right now. I thought I hit a new low yesterday when I went to work in my Nehru jacket, but obviously I was mistaken. <laughs> he said he went to work yesterday in his Nehru jacket, and he thought that was the limit. What is that? What I don't know what that is. Uh, it's like uh, a hip-length tailored coat uh, with a Mandarin collar. and uh, like So it's the, like it, real dress-up shit. It, yeah, it's like uh, it's it's actually like Indian wear. Um, it's oh, it's stuff okay. worn by yeah. It's it was worn by a guy named Jawaharlal Nehru, the Prime Minister of India, 
from uh, 47 to 64. He used to wear it a lot, and it was like uh, something that the it, it became popular when the Beatles Time out. were around. Time out. How did you just know like the Indian prime minister's like history to where you could just drop years like that? Well, that's that's when he was the. Yeah, I know, but you just recalled that like all the, you had no idea I was going to ask you what that was, and you just recalled that off your top of your head like out of nowhere. I guess from like history. Class I or swear to God, if this is another Alice Cooper joke, <laughs> I am going to be pissed. If this is you, because you got me on like one of the early episodes of Married with Children <laughs> with the Milwaukee thing. If this is another <laughs> thing like this, and this is a quote from a movie. I am going to hit you <laughs> with a shoe. All right. Now that's look, that's what a Nehru jacket is. Uh so that's what Steve was. He was dressed almost like the Beatles or an Indian prime minister, however you want to see it. So <laughs> Oh, do you know it because you love the Beatles and you researched why they wore it? Is that how you knew? Probably. Okay. Take your own crusted laundry, beat it against a rock, but keep it out of our house. But our washing machine's broken. No, it isn't. It's married to me, and I'm taking it back. (laughs) Steve, what do you want us to do? Start paying for the detergent. They weren't paying for detergent? Well, I felt uncomfortable asking. They were Now, the Bundys weren't even paying for detergent because Marcy felt uncomfortable asking them. And that's a funny story because there was one time, I'd say it was like 2000... I moved out of my parents' house in 2005. So I'm going to say in 2006, my mother asked me to come visit for the weekend because we lived an hour away. I said, I can't. I have a lot of laundry to do this weekend and stuff like that. And then she said, well, just bring your laundry here and do it while while you're here, you know, and, and we'll hang out. And my dad worked, you know, during the day on that Saturday and he was coming home later that afternoon or whatever. We're uh, We're doing my laundry, I guess. And then. We come out of the room and my stuff's in a basket and it's clearly mine and I'm folding it or whatever. So my dad says, what are you doing? And I said, uh, you know, mom said to bring uh, my laundry here and, and do it while I'm visiting. And he goes, did you bring detergent? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he just walked away and he shook his head in disappointment. What the hell? <laughs> he didn't feel uncomfortable asking. First of all, I th- I think it like in your I think your situation is a little different. If my mom tells me I can come over and eat or come over and do my laundry, I don't expect to have to bring the supplies. Yeah, it's I'm like sorry, it's I like don't. Jerry, son, come over and have dinner. And then you get there and <laughs> and they're like, "Did you bring any food?" Yeah, she's like, "What? No bread?" <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring an appetizer? Uh, hey, here's a radical thought. Why don't you take your laundry to the laundromat and do it yourself? <laughs> I'm not going to the laundromat. <laughs> Why don't you buy a new washing machine? Gee, Steve, I'm a little short this week. I got my paycheck. <laughs> well, maybe we could loan you the money. <laughs> Excuse us. <laughs> no. Please. Money is important to me. They are not. Steve, it's only $500. It's worth it. Have you seen their laundry? Marcy, I am putting my foot down. That is, if it's okay with you. That $500 is going for a super VHS. For the bedroom. Oh, Steve. It was going to be a surprise. You're wonderful. To hell with them. Uh, uh, could we have a loan from your bank? <laughs> 500 of her own dollars, which makes no sense at all because she just, you know, with the Buck credit card episode, we just had that amazing exchange where Al was asking her if her bank gives out loans or credit cards or whatever. And she said, uh, no, not anymore. You know, lying to him because she doesn't want even her bank uh, to loan him money. That's how untrustworthy they are or whatever. And now she's willing to give her own. And it, Justin, in 1988, $500, what is she really willing to loan him? Uh, <laughs> by the way, while, while we wait on that, Steve's 
when they go, our washing machine's broken, he goes, no, it's not. I'm married to it, and I'm taking it back. <laughs> was great. How about, you know, talk about, again, character arc of Steve making no sense. He says to Marcy, you know, he's with the $500, he goes, no. And he goes, listen, I'm putting my foot down. If that's, if okay. that's all right. Yeah. Right. If that's okay, you just had Marcy as a slave for what you implied to be maybe a month. And you're wondering if it's okay to say don't lend them money? Yeah. $1,101.42. Record time. Dude, that was was record time, all right. That means a Super VHS, which is a camcorder in case you guys didn't know, uh, cost $1,000. Well, no, that makes sense because I bought a camcorder in 1998 and it was was $995 or something. Woo! Yeah. And we thought those shot on video movies were low budget. Yeah, I know. I'm going to look at video <laughs> violence, too, with a little more respect now. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. A thousand dollars she was willing to lend him. Oh, my God. I Who cares? And I, I like when she's like, to hell with them. <laughs> and what are they going to do? Are they going to make like some Luke videos with that thing or what? Uh, that's I'm pretty because he said for the bedroom. Pretty sure that's what they're implying. I mean, I want to see the video of little Mo, little Bo Peep getting pulled over, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I love that little like uh, I, I appreciate those little nuances that people probably don't even spend a second of thought on. And one of them is when Al, you know, they they leave. <laughs> Gee, I hate them. Well, so much for clean clothes. Uh, Peg, I didn't want to say this in front of them, but uh, you could go to the laundromat. Like, I like when he sort of got serious. Like, you know, I know we joke around and, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to, like, you know, put you on blast in front of anybody. But you, you could go to the laundromat, you know. <laughs> but it's just it just felt like we're getting in on the behind the scenes um, of it. OK. Way, yeah. Even though... Yeah. Like where they turn off their their funny. Right. Witty, right. Uh, like, you know, on a real note. Yeah. On a real note. We do have to address life on some serious level here. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I like that stuff. Oh, be serious, Al. Now, what are we going to do? <laughs> but i tell you one thing. They're not getting their mail from me. And I know. Why don't we burn that application to the game show? You know, Al, they give away prizes on those shows. <laughs> Even better. You won't get any now. No, honey, I mean, prizes, you know, like washing machines. Well, Peg, they don't need one. Listen, Machiavelli. She calls Al Machiavelli. Tupac. No, it's not Tupac. Machiavelli <laughs> yeah, is actually <laughs> an Italian historian, politician, diplomat, and philosopher. He defended a moral behavior to be normal and effective to achieve goals in politics. Today, that term is used for anyone like indulging in immoral acts to promote his goals. So Machiavellian. Yeah, like Machiavellian. Yeah, so though that does actually make sense as to why it's like you like why Tupac used it because Tupac always got shit for using the thug life imagery to promote his yeah yeah he was a black. big fan that's why yeah he like because he you he's because like people gave shit how are you promoting anything good when you're just talking about your thug life and he's like uh, well because actually I'm reaching the people that identify with it homie yeah and, and pushing <laughs> the positivity there. And so, like, it just shows how smart Tupac was that he could see that he was doing what Machiavelli did, and it was an intentional Machiavelli. Yes, exactly. So happened that that happened. He knew that going in. Oh yeah. All we have to do is fill out that application as Steve and Marcy, put our address down as their address, and get on the show. Yeah, maybe we can win a washer dryer. Wow. (laughs) That's much better than my idea of going on the show, losing, and coming home with nothing. You know, someone's got to do the thinking for us, Peg. Now we get to Bink Winkleman and Zelda, who will be appearing in Squish magazine. Welcome to How Do I Love Thee, 
the game show that dares to ask, how do I love thee? <laughs> For those of you who are totally ignorant of today's superstars, I'm Bink Winkleman. <laughs> Thank you. And here's our own little piece of fluff that the network thrust upon me, the lovely Zelda. Yes, soon to be appearing naked in Squish magazine. What do you guys think of Zelda? I, I never find um, models that hot. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, actually. Um, yeah, me neither. They're always... There's not much to them. Yeah, they're, like, yeah. very plain hot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like plain hot. And yeah. I also want to throw in uh, Bink Winkleman uh, as an obvious parody of Wink Martindale the host of Gambit, a game show that ran from 1972 to 1976 on CBS. I have never heard of him or that game show ever in my life. <laughs> Way before my time. <laughs> yeah. Binks played by David Leisure. He's known for uh, Empty Nest from 88 to 95, so during this time. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, Airplane, uh, Teed Off 2. He's like the star of that. Like he's he's been in a lot of stuff, believe it or not. He's acted in he has like seventy four acting credits. Touched by an angel, he was in Golden Girls, uh Alf. <laughs> so he has he T J Hooker. So he was actually in a lot of stuff. So he's actually an accomplished guy. The Zelda is played by Jesse Scott who is not uh, so successful in acting. She was in uh, six different things. Married with Children, as you know, L.A. Law, Murder, She Wrote, Cheers, Who's the Boss, and Life on the Edge. I'm I'm kind of surprised she didn't go anything that involved six things going in her. <laughs> yeah, like like that one chick. I'm surprised there's no like uh, Playboy uh, credit, Playboy TV credit here. Yeah. But, but she's not good looking, no. Not at all. Uh, her face... It, it she's actually perfectly cast for this because she's supposed to be like the most disgusting like you know if you touch her you have to go get a shot and stuff so she actually looks really skanky and that always amazes me or impresses me about an actress especially on this show we're going to be impressed a lot because these women are willing to hear like the worst thing said about them on you know national television and they're just like along for the joke and it's insane yeah it was it was great though good casting for both these people the guy really does come off like a game show host now just a little reminder of what we're all about we take two newly married couples and find out how much they're willing to torture their loved ones for cheap prizes <laughs> sound good you betcha then let the games begin right bink <laughs> okay <laughs> Now let's meet our loving couples. First, we actually get introduced to the family that they're going to play against, which is the Squab family, which is Mona Squab and Roland Squab. Mona Squab is actually played by Ed's actual wife, Catherine. That is Ed O'Neill's wife playing her. Yeah, Al Bundy's real-life wife is Mona Squab. And then the guy who plays Roland is... Uh, Depending on how you pronounce this, Jeff or Geoff, because I've heard Jeff. it, I've heard it, no, I've heard it both on. ways. Um, <laughs> what do you mean on the last episode? Uh, no, I'm not that bad in life. Um, Geoff, who plays who plays <laughs> Roland, he would later go on to play Jack Malavoy, a character very similar to Al Bundy on the WB sitcom Unhappily Ever After, which was created by Married with Children co-creator Ron Levitt. Levitt. Love, love it. it. Love, love it. it. Okay. Love it or leave it. Leave, <laughs> leave it alone. Well, that was his, I think, uh, you know, when him and uh, Michael Moye had their uh, divorce, as Marcy put it, or Amanda Burst put it. I think his, rep you know, I think Michael stayed with Married with Children and Ron left and did a competitive type show, which is, yeah. is that, I guess. I think that's what that was all about. And a fun fact when Steve and Marcy. Uh, do get introdu introduced by the host. We find out exactly how long they've been married. 13 months. I wonder if that's in sync with 
the release date of the first episode in April of 87. Well, they've been, they were already married. So, but as long as it's, has it been 13 months since then? Or has it been? This came out March of 88. So April. So yeah, that would be almost, that actually would be a year and a month. Wow. Lands right on it. Yeah. Look at that. Huh. Now, uh, Catherine Russoff, you know, Al's real life wife, you know, this he didn't just get her to come on here. She actually has acted before. Uh, she was in Highway to Heaven. She was at Midnight Caller. And she was in a, a movie with Ed O'Neill in 1991, which it just the cover looks bizarre. It's called The Whereabouts of, of Jenny. And you got to look this up. Like, you got to look up this movie just as look at the vhs cover it's ed o'neill looking bizarre as ever uh he, he actually looks serious and concerned about something and it's disturbing and apparently it's a true story interesting yeah look that up so uh yeah so back to this craziness it's brutal right away with the way bink treats zelda <laughs> Uh, Al, of course, loves blonde, so he goes right up to her. I think he says something like, I love you, or whatever. And then Bink goes, come on, Al, leave Zelda alone. Who knows where she's been? Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, and then I like, uh, Peg goes, do you know Bob Barker? <laughs> He's like, okay. It's like asking me, do I know Dave Z, or Matt Wazell, or... I mean, come on. We think I hate these guys. Or anyone who cares about you. Right. Exactly. So uh, the first, uh, it's a game show. And the whole point is that you torture your your spouse for cheap prizes. The first prize is a bowling ball, which is right up Al's alley, no pun intended. It's a pretty bowling ball. A pretty one, Bink. So, so they strap the wives to like the wheels on, um, like a wheel of fortune, but up upright. So you you know you spin it the same you you spin it the same way you spin the Price Is Right wheel, but it's like the wheel of fortune one, but it's upright, you know. <laughs> so so uh, the first the 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 joke of this uh, game here is that Roland can't even turn his wife one quarter of a turn so she doesn't even spin fully around so al has to do nothing and peg points that out but he still lets this rip and it looks like she'll be spinning for like eight minutes yeah it's literally the same technology that fidget spinners were created i'm almost convinced the creator was watching married with children saw this and he was like you know what how happy al is that he just spin that i've got to make that for people oh steve it won't take much to win now. All you have to do is spin me two. Whoa. You really like bowling, eh, Steve? Well, what the hell? It's all for fun, right? Give me my bowling ball. Hell, looks like Marcy's going to be spinning for a while. So why don't we take a little commercial break? Don't go away. I know Marcy won't. What would you have to win? Like, what would you have in front of you to make you be willing to spin your wife in that fashion? A bowling ball? Would that do it? Or maybe a steak or something? <laughs> it doesn't take much, is what? No, I mean, I would do it myself for a steak. <laughs> it doesn't look that bad. I'd probably just be dizzy as hell afterwards. It doesn't look that bad. <laughs> she is going fast, though. Like, like I, I tried to look. They did a pretty good job. I'm pretty sure it was like a dummy. Oh, so you mean Peg was up there? <laughs> okay. Now, uh, Jerry, if they had a Funko Pop of the Married with Children family, would you uh, spin Reese in that in that same fashion? Oh yeah, of course. But here, here's my worry though. Watching this episode, the girls like the worst thing they got was spinning. And as we go forward and we talk about what happens to the guys, I just have to sit here and go. That sucks. You let the women get their punishment first, and it's not that bad. But if they feel any like, I can't believe you did this to me, you get screwed. You get railroaded. For the rest of the night. 
But think about how screwed we would be. Like, JP would do it for a steak. I'd do it for a Funko Pop. And then we would just get, like, thrown in with, with bees. Great. <laughs> Thanks. Bees. Get the hell. I, I ain't getting in anywhere with no damn bees. But that's the thing. Like, like you I got a history like, with bees. <laughs> yeah, and he ain't talking Kelly's report card. Definitely not talking to Kelly's report card. <laughs> Did you did you think I said D's and F's? Yeah, he didn't say D's. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have said buds. Yeah, he has B's. Peg comes out of, of the curtain after this uh, in a less than uh, clear mind. I was kind of upset her hair was not all screwed up. I thought that would have been a great visual gag, and they did not do it. Yeah, right. That, that, t- that 80s yeah. hair is like glued down with hairspray a can each <laughs> yeah don't worry we get a hair gag later but she i gotta say peg looked kind of hot after dude i swear to god i was thinking the same thing yeah after she chokes out look at her just like kind of collapse on the the console there i was like oh I, I wasn't gonna bring it up but this episode and last episode we actually got some some good cleavage shots by her yeah, I think uh, Katie Seagal actually got implants at some point because I remember noticing that they were like really big at some point, and I do remember seeing earlier episodes and there's like nothing there. No, it was probably just straight up brawl. Like I've seen the amazingness of what a brawl can do. Like I remember once. Oh, you mean the disappointment it could bring? I, I, that, I, I always thought she had bigger boobs when I was watching um what the episode of Tells from the Crypt she's in. Right. Yeah, with Sam Kennison. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I gotta say, I'm watching uh, started Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Seeing her too. in there, I, I was kind of like, I'm what? glad you started. I might rewatch it with you. Like, well, oh, I, good. It, it's going to take me a while. I'm probably only going to get like a couple of episodes done. Like I might get one or two episodes done a night because Reese is watching it with me. So I can't watch it on my days off when I'm here alone. Oh, which two is years from now, good. Sons of Anarchy podcast. <laughs> hey, we should start that. We'll just follow Katie Seagull's whole career. Yeah. yeah. What? She was on that other show, too. We got to do it. Yeah. Uh, my 20 ways to date my daughter. Yeah. Oh, and Futurama. Yeah. Let's oh, not God. do this. Um, but I was going to say, like, I a hundred percent do think at least for married with children, I won't speak on sons of anarchy yet because I haven't seen her through throughout yet, but she does have size changes in marriage with children. But I want to say on some episodes, it looks big. Some episodes look small and it's always changing that it is a hundred percent brawl. Yeah. Okay. Well, if she hasn't, if they're big now, then I guess you're right. But I do remember they were vastly different at some point. I can, dude. You can wear a bra that makes you look like you've got way smaller tits and way bigger tits. Right. Well, I'll, I'll make sure I get the one with the bigger ones. Yeah, you start <laughs> dressing up on the weekend, you're gonna learn this. Not that I do that or anything. I'm not saying that's how I knew and how I found out all this. I'm just saying. So what happens next, Alex? Yeah, we won't talk about your hundred dollar pumps. Uh, so uh, Zelda is being now. Na- you know, now this guy Ron. Uh, Roland. Roland? He now is interested in um, Zelda. That's when Bink says... <laughs> Lovely Zelda, would you like to take our husbands backstage? Right, Bink. <laughs> Bink, Steve won't let me touch the lovely Zelda. Well, then, you won't be at the clinic getting a shot. Which I think that joke's really good, but it kind of it kind of goes against this whole thing Roland and his wife are portraying with how much oh we can't bear to right. be away from each other. I was the joke's funny, and I think you could have been you could have made the joke with uh, hey Al, calm down, or we're you're gonna have to go to the hospital for a shot without having him in there. I thought that was a little bit of oh my god, that is completely out of you're right. It's the it doesn't make any sense. They they force that joke a little. Wow. Well. Just because you you named her Zelda doesn't mean you Triforce. Whoa. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So now they're going to have a heavy problem. Um, Fat women, you know, they're they're putting Al and Roland in – it's like under a mattress where there's like a cutout and their bodies go and like people lay on top of the mattress and that's weight obviously – 
and it's crushing them. And the thing is, the wives have to choose how many fat women get put on the mattress and how much torture the guys are going to endure for a, a wristwatch. That's that's crazy to me. A watch. I mean, uh, but like who even wears watches? <laughs> old people. Pe- old people who wear broken watches. Dude, so what? You know what? I I don't know if I said this, but Al Bundy wears a broken watch too. You know. Oh, oh so that's why you do it. That makes more sense. No, no, <laughs> no. You don't think subconsciously? Well, here's it's funny. We're me and Tiffany were on vacation recently, and she her you know she wanted to hear one of our shows. She goes, "Listen, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really heard all your shows, so why don't you play one? We have a four hour ride." Oh, What'd God. she think of Jerry? Sucked, right? <laughs> well, she's. She heard Jerry say, Alex, bef- how many things are we going to find that relate to your life with Al Bundy or Married with Children before this podcast is over? <laughs> so right before that, we talked about my watch, which my new one is now broken. And because it like filled up with water somehow, I guess it was cheap. So she goes, why don't you tell him how you you have been wearing a broken watch for 10 years, just like Al when the guy robbed his house and pulled the watch off his arm and listened to it and there was no tick and he put it back on Al's arm. <laughs> like, that's you. Like, do they know that about you yet? And I was like, no, we didn't get to that one yet. <laughs> we know about the broken watch, but he was not forthcoming with the Al reference. It, it might be because, you know. Wow, I didn't tell you and that. And that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm asking you, maybe it was subconscious. Wow. The, like, why you kept wearing a broken watch and you just justified it to yourself. Yeah, I just said it was a nice piece of jewelry, that's all. But back to what JP was saying, what did she think about the show? What did she think about me? What did she think about JP? She loves it. I think it was the episode where t- the homeless girl, Tiffany. Wow. Oh, she she didn't really give like she doesn't do that. She doesn't like she's not going to review you guys or like you know. So. I want a I want a thousand word essay on on on, <laughs> on the your Mary, performance on the on our performance for the Mary with Children podcast. <laughs> yeah, she's not going to do that. Like she she wouldn't even say, "Wow, you're really good at what? this, hon." <laughs> what, what if you tell her you'll give her the 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 right side of the bed, <laughs> so she could finally sleep? Yeah. Now. Now, now, there's an issue with this whole scene with this fat women getting on the bed thing. Now, not only you know, there's a couple things wrong with it, it with the, the with the numbers here. Oh, and he's like, "That's one ton. That's two. Yeah, ton. one ton. Right. That's, I mean, that was just obviously for the joke. I don't a joke. How right? much is a ton? Thousand pounds? I think a thousand. Yeah, it's a ton. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what doesn't make sense is uh, one by one, you see them get on, and it goes up to three hundred pounds per girl. As they sit down. And when it gets to three girls, the scale stopped at 927 pounds. But when they all sit on the bed, which is like seven girls at least, the scale stops at 1,071. So the scale is way off. And it should be at least double that, if not more, since all of the women were fat. So whether it's Bink making the one-ton joke or the scale just truly not being accurate, it's it's a... It's just a, a false scene, but that means nothing because what you're supposed to focus on is that Peg wants to break the record for no reason because, you know, this other woman didn't even have one fat woman sit on her husband's mattress. I, I have a response to this that I think explains it. Okay. Could it just be that be, I'm sure no newlywed couple ever on that show has had that many people on the the bed that it just broke the scale and it just stopped because it broke the scale because it was a digital scale maybe right. it just stopped reading at that so every other person at it wouldn't change it because it it, it was broken right and justin you said your the spleen does not taste that good no spleen is awful it's similar to liver just not good it's even worse than <laughs> liver was anyone sad that you didn't get to see big bertha yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Because don't you remember? I appreciate the the mind over the reality. Remember the whole thing with Peg's mom, and I didn't like it when you saw her sleeping next to Peg in bed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an Al describing her in that picture to Steve, so that he wouldn't <laughs> go back with Marcy. Like things like that. What we could conjure up in our minds far exceeds what they could put on film. We come back from commercial break. And it turns out we missed uh, one scene where Al was in a killer bee booth 
in which he lost consciousness for a toaster. Real quick, though, Al, uh, Alex, did you – do? You, and this is probably really far for you to remember. Do you remember if you saw this episode live on TV and did they put the commercial break with, there with the commercial break? <laughs> I definitely saw it back then, but uh, – oh, no, no. You know what? No. I think I got into this show in in 90 or 91, so – Yeah, but even if you saw a rerun, the commercials would still be in the same place because that's how the episode's set up. Yeah, I'm sure it's there. I, I don't actually recall. I would have to go back to my VHS tapes and see where I pressed pause, you know, where the commercial came up because it'll be a bit of the commercial before, I, you know – I should have recorded but. the commercial. <laughs> yeah it's actually pretty cool i watched uh, the star wars christmas special with commercials and i was like the commercials are actually better than this movie no it is neat i have a couple tapes from the sci-fi channel back in the early 2000s where i re- re- just record the commercials too because i wasn't as skilled as alex with pausing <laughs> yeah i saw alex got so good at editing <laughs> yeah it's, it's amazing my whole life is edited <laughs> so <laughs> So Peg makes uh, an odd joke. Bink Winkleman asks them, you know, what do you guys do? Let's learn about you after we just saw you torture each other for a little bit. So uh, she's, you know, she says, he says to Al, you're both in the bank business because they're posing as Steve and Marcy. And he says, you know, what's banking like? Al's like, how the hell should I know? (laughs) He's not interested in answering any of these stupid questions at this point. He doesn't even know why he's here anymore. So, Steve, you're in the bank biz. What's it like? How the hell would I know? Ooh, irritable. Peg makes a really odd joke. Bank asks her about banking, and she says, well... Well, mostly we take out these big fancy ads telling people to come in for a loan, and then we laugh at them when they do. (laughs) I thought this was a throwback joke to the at least twice they've asked for a loan from Marcy and Steve, and Marcy and Steve laughed at them. Like last episode, this happened. I thought it was a throwback to that. That's along the route I was taking, but um, I was going to say, do you think that, you know, we don't really know. We can't get a good read on Peg's intelligence. Yeah, she's conniving and street smart, but I, I don't know how smart she really is. So do you think she just believed when Marcy told Al in that episode, Master the Possibilities, he's like, well, you guys give loans, your, stu- your, your savings and loan, right? <laughs> Marcy, now, now you work at a bank. You guys give out credit cards, right? Uh, no. <laughs> no, we don't. But, but you do give out loans, though. Uh, no. Not anymore. <laughs> You're thinking of a different kind of bank, Al. But you're a savings and loan, aren't you? Well, yes, we are. But we just call it that, you know, to get people to come in. Oh, that's even a better callback then. Yeah. Right. What? I don't understand what you have a part. You, you said you didn't like this joke or what? He's, he's saying, is she just repeating what she heard from Marcy, Marcy say? Like she thinks that's what yeah. really happens there. Okay, I, I, I guess I didn't understand. It like, could be the either way. way. I no, thought no. of it the way that Jerry thought of it, but now that Alex brings it back yeah. up, and I think Alex's point is better. I just the Alex the way you were you started this by saying an out of place joke made uh, me thought uh, you had a problem with the joke and didn't understand why it was there. Right. No. Now what we win? Let's see. You won the bowling ball, the watch, and of course your record-breaking stay in the Killer Bee booth netted you a toaster. But more important, you're entitled to this week's grand prize, which is a washer dryer. (gasps) (laughs) Happy, Steve? It's kind of hard to talk here, Bing. Okay. They are entitled to the washer dryer, which is this week's grand prize. Like, what a coincidence. Now, but here's the weird thing about it. They kind of skip over that, like, instantly. They really do, because they go, you've got the bowling ball, the wash, the toaster. And they actually say you're eligible for the grand prize of a washer and dryer. Which I don't know why they they said eligible. Okay, well, here's my guess. I th- well, I wrote entitled to. I don't. I didn't. Did you hear eligible? I heard eligible. I thought it was eligible. JP, did you hear eligible, or are you just going off what I said? 
when you said it, I thought I remembered them saying that too, but I can't recall. But more important, you're entitled to this week's grand prize, which is a washer dryer. Yeah, I thought it was entitled. My thought was this. If they, they were eligible for the washer and dryer, if they choose not to go for the car, then they do a completely different thing to go for the washer and dryer. That's what if I thought. If they choose to go to the car, then they go for that. But I just didn't get that. At first, I thought it was a mistake because they just completely blew over it. And But... Then I well, thought how about would they win they, the dress? So, so they it makes sense because, because they, they didn't, didn't that. say that they did anything to win the washer and dryer. No, they didn't. Well, here's the thing. I think it's this: if they say yes, we're going to go for the washer and dryer, they get to keep everything they previously won and possibly win that washer and dryer. If they go for the car, they get everything they previously won, including that washer and dryer that they have not gone for, plus the plus the car. Plus the but car. if they lose, they lose everything. Everything, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, They just weren't clear about it. Right, they were not, and that's odd because that's the whole point of this. Marcy, you can take your prizes and go home right now. Or you can risk what you've won so far, send your husband back into our torture chamber, and go for our super grand prize. What is it? What is it? What is it? This brand new car! Oh! Why don't you just give her a rifle and have her shoot me? <laughs> Too easy, Steve. <laughs> now remember, if you lose, you lose everything. But if you win, you win everything. What do you think Marcy will do? I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Gee, Bink, I don't know. We'll risk it, Bink. She's some competitor, eh, folks? Ready, Steve? What's it going to be, Bink? The old hand grenade down the pants? Spear in the pelvis and impale me on a fence. I don't know about y'all, but those all sound like direct attacks to manhood. Well, I'd rather have any of those than what Al's going to get. So, <laughs> uh, I think... No, I think I'll take the electric chair where I would still have a penis after it was over. Yeah, because you know they can't kill you. Yeah. Oh, right. Hey, okay. I mean, because all the things he said, you could literally die and or lose <laughs> your penis, which means you're going to die anyway. Because right, I stand corrected. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, true. True. So now Steve and Marcy uh, pass themselves off as Alan Pegg to get the super grand prize. So <laughs> stole our mail and our names, huh? How'd you find out? <laughs> your kid sold you out for a square meal. How could you? For prizes. All right. Now that you've wished each other good luck. Did yep. you see this twist coming? Did you think that they were going, that Steve and Marcy were going to show up? For some reason, I think Alex might have spoiled it for me. I think he mentioned something about Steve and Mar like they face off or something. Hmm. Hmm. I don't because I maybe didn't see last it week all. or something be, because I for for some reason I thought they were going to show up at some point but I d I don't think it was because maybe I read a synopsis or something, um but I knew I had a, I knew I, in the back of my head I I knew that it was happening but I didn't guess it like I probably wouldn't have known if I hadn't read something or Alex told me something or something like that. Oh, right. I didn't I didn't call it at all and at all now, Alex, how did. Steve and Marcy, no. The Bundy kids, Kelly and Bud, sold Alan Pegg out for a square meal. Yeah. Now, I have a problem with this. Yeah. The kids were never in the scene where Al and Peggy talk about this. It's I mean, true, but if you like, they're gonna if they if their parents are gone, they're gonna have to tell them where they went. Yeah, they could have. We're known talking where about they the were. people who didn't even buy groceries for their kids. <laughs> they're not gone for a weekend. They're but gone when they left before they left them with the roses. But they're only gone for a night. They're not staying the night anywhere. They're they're going to the show and then coming home. They don't like. I'm just saying. Like I mean, it's a fair yes. point. You're making a fair point. It's just a scene that they didn't show. No, but you know, you're actually. I thought you were going to go for something else here. You have a point, but it seems like you're missing this exact one. Now, 
let's just say that's plausible. Aren't Kelly and Butter in the audience? So how could they have showed up? How could the Rhodes have showed up anywhere they are to the point where they got their? They're still eating the food that they sold them out for. So that would imply that either they were at the house and then. No, they were eating like popcorn and stuff. I don't think that was the food they got sold no, out. Oh, they do. They had food everywhere around them. He had a burger. Yeah, he had food everywhere. It was a square meal. That's what he uh, said. Well, then fair enough. Alex has a point. How did they get all that food? Because if they would have learned that day, there's no way they could have mailed that in. Right. They Either they would have met him at their house and then were to believe they drove there and somehow got those two chairs with the food and then sat there. <laughs> and they so let much plot hole. <laughs> yeah, they let them in with the food. Did they ride with Al and Peggy and Al and Peggy not be like, yo, where'd you get the cheeseburgers? Or did they ride with Steve and Marcy? And if that's good, why did Steve and Marcy bring them? And also, how do you even go over? Hey, by the way, my parents have been stealing your mail and they signed you up for this uh, contest so they can win a washer and dryer and you can't. Yeah, what does that mean? Like, listen, I'm going to tell you what my parents did, but you have to give me a square meal. They did something with your mail. Okay, here's the food. Now, what they do? Like, it's just the craziest thing. Yeah, but it still works. And the only reason it works is if you don't look into it and you you they drop that joke when Steve says that. And then all of a sudden the camera cuts to them and they look up like, uh-oh, we're busted. Like, that's where the joke works. It doesn't work when you do a podcast 30 years later. And then <laughs> you're you're wondering how this happened. Yeah, Alex, but if he killed all his men, how'd the map or the story get out? Well, one of the guys must have gotten yeah, out. And yeah, <laughs> that's what it feels like, right, when you try to explain yeah, these things. It does. <laughs> So uh, the biggest sleazeball in game show history, Bink, uh, tells Al he has to go to an electric chair, and Steve is going along there, too, and he said, juice me till I'm ash, they're not getting that car. Now, we both know that Al and Steve have an affinity for red Mustang convertibles. Did you say that was Al who said that? Because Al said, I welcome death. Steve said, juice me till I'm ash, they're not getting that car. (laughs) Oh, no, I met Al because he calls himself Al in this episode. Oh, you're right. Man, I am so smart. You are the smartest person I know. How dare I correct you? God, the the wit is endless. (laughs) Gentlemen, to your electric chairs. I welcome death. <laughs> so they go to this electric chair, which is like not, it's the weirdest electric chair, uh, but whatever. So they sit in it. Now, um, Marcy starts the juicing. She gets to 30 and this, it goes up to 110 and then Peg goes to 35, which is pretty nice of her. You know, she could have went higher, I suppose. And then Marcy goes to 80 because Steve lets her reminds her that a woman's place is in the kitchen or the home. I forgot what he said. He said home. Home, yeah. So Peg goes, but Al, it's a car or whatever, and then cranks it up <laughs> all the way. And I guess we're to assume that Marcy just did not match that. Yeah, she says I can't go anymore. Yeah. So I I would have I wonder if Marcy got to one ten. I wonder if they would have like come up with another game to like torture him more. You know, like what would you do? Was Who can game? cry the most at the funerals? <laughs> yeah. So uh the Bundys win and Al has so much electricity running through his body that when he gets home he has the hair of uh Come on, there has to be some famous person like Kramer. I okay, guess. his his hair actually like the way he looked. I don't know why I wrote this joke down, but I did. I said Al looks like he got beat up by all got beat up so bad he looks like every single cast member in Revenge of the Nerds put together. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means, but for some reason he reminded me of multiple different characters from the movie Revenge of the Nerds, just all mixed together. <laughs> Well, Justin, would you like to just be able to walk in your apartment and the lights go on, the TV starts up, you don't even have to do anything? Yeah. Is it that bad of a deal? <laughs> I mean, I'll just I'll just clap for mine. I don't really need Oh, you have that? I'll take the extra step. Well, you know, the one thing I wanted to say, I kind of missed this, but 
in the description of these people, you know, Alan Pegg and Stephen Marcy, when Bink is reading it off, if we're going by these ages, if if Marcy were to be Pegg uh, and they were married for 16 years, that means uh, Steve married Marcy when she was 14. <laughs> yeah. So it's legal in some places. Yeah. R. Kelly did it. Um, Elvis Presley did it. Now, they just want a brand new car. Do we ever see this car again? Uh, yeah. Okay, we do. Okay, because I was going to be kind of upset if we never saw the car again. I guess it's Pegs because uh, Al has this this Dodge for like the next 10 years. So uh, I guess it's just Peg's car. So you never see like whatever she used to drive or whatever. And I because there's this episode where they're like stuck in traffic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Al does his whole like speech. And uh, yeah, I, got, I, I remember that. Did episode. you know if you do win one of those cars, you have to pay ta- the taxes? Yep. <laughs> you do. You have to like a lot of a lot of those game shows and stuff like that. There, There's all this like legal stuff you have to jump through the hoop to do and all that and honestly a lot of times it's not even worth going yeah through any so of it. so they'll just like settle for something small or something like that yeah they usually don't get it right yeah yeah so that's the weird thing it's all for ratings you you talk to like these behind the scenes did i ever tell you that one of my friends you know those like things that you fill out in the mall yeah oh for the cars yeah yeah he won one one time really yeah but he was 16 and they wouldn't give it to him <laughs> they probably that's why they I bet you they looked at the age or whatever and that and they did purposely did it yeah. so that they could because I always feel that dude you don't think there's somebody in that inner circle who's winning that car come on yeah right like out of the let's just say there's eight people involved you don't think they know eight people each and one of those eight people are all getting it so I mean and then they're paying them for something you know I just don't ever imagine a random person gets that stuff yeah No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode. Yes, thank you, Jamie. And guys, I just want to point out, we got a really nice shout out from the official uh, Married with Children Facebook page. You could find that at www.facebook.com slash official married with children they were kind enough to give our show a shout out they made a post on uh, august 18th and it said you want more these guys have a pretty funny married children podcast which is worth checking out so uh thanks guys for the uh you know getting the awareness out there we got tons of new members our facebook group page is up to like 300 members now so uh, that is really cool. They post a lot of great content, and it was where we really appreciate them getting the word out. So, uh, all right, guys, this was just married with children. So, uh, how many fat women that just weigh one ton are you gonna put on the mattress out of five for this episode, Justin? I am going to give this episode based on the fact that I actually really like when any type of sitcom does like a game show. I think I've seen it like a handful of times. It's just because it's so of the time. Like those shows were so popular back then. You know, there was like, there's hundreds of them that, you know, are obscure to popular ones. So I I like that. It's like of the time and things like that. And it's all about like, everything seemed more magical. Like win a brand new car. You know what I mean? Like it just seems so, so like, that was like every like housewoman's dream to like go on one of those shows or something. And I I thought that the comedy was pretty decent. I I think that the B jokes and the like one ton thing was a little, a little, a little sillier than I would have maybe liked. Like the spin, spin thing was silly, but it was like more realistic. Um, I, the whole like way that it all happened 
is very plot hole heavy. Like we discussed that, but I still really like this episode. So I'm going to give it three and a half, one ton girls on the bed. Jerry, how many fat women that weigh one ton? Are you going to put on the mattress out of five for this episode? Um, I, I think this was a solid episode. I think it's a little bit more than solid. I think it's above an above average episode, mostly because of how much it picks up at the game show. The beginning is okay, but when it hits that game show, it it just goes. You got to give um, a point, a half point, quarter point for uh, Bud Savage line at the beginning, though. <laughs> oh, so you're, you're the grass stains. So you're a three point five now. That's what I said, right? Three point five. Oh. No, he's at four now. No, no, I'm at three. That's where the half point came from. Oh, he's just saying that's what. Okay. Um, well, I, I'm at a four out of five. I think it's above average episode. I think it was really funny. And I think it's memorable, and it gave us. Um, some a couple of behind the scenes things and told us how long Marcy and Steve have been married. So four out of five, I definitely see me rewatching this one. Four out of five, what, Jerry? Uh, four out of five, one ton women. Two sit not on a me. Good game show host. No, I'm not, <laughs> so, JP. That's why I didn't do it. Thanks for playing. <laughs> how many fat women who weigh one ton? One ton. I think JP's the the best one out of us. JP, when he was sick, he was that kid that stayed home and watched game shows all day. <laughs> huh. He, he was that guy. Seven, dog. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you weren't watching Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4? I was watching Part 2. <laughs> oh, never mind. Scratch that. Uh, so, yeah, this episode is iconic. Um, starting it off, getting, you know, the... Rhodes mail, the grass stain on the back of the shirt, the 70s outfit. Steve walks in with the Nehru jacket to hell with them. Please, no, I don't. I, I care about money. I, them, I do not. You know, uh, everything getting on the game show. Bink was like a, the greatest sleazy dirtbag host ever of an 80s game show. The, the, they put a, a good amount of money into the props. It looked, it came off real enough to me. I mean, it's a little uh, empty in the back there, but it, it, nothing nothing that I, I felt was out of place. Uh, that chick who played Zelda as a trooper for all, taking in all those lines that, and I don't mean the ones on her dressing room mirror. I'm talking about the, uh, <laughs> the insults that Bink was giving her. You know, the the ridiculous crap prizes for the torture, the endurance, the, the, the twist of Steve and Marcy. I don't know. If I'm rating it like, you know, we do, like Netflix, and the numbers just mean how we feel about it, then, yeah, I, I give this a 4.5 out of 5. I really like it to love it. This is a, a great episode. Classic Married with Children. All right, guys. Well, this was a great episode, a memorable one, a classic and to celebrate, you know, in honor of this landmark episode, here we are, No Ma'am, the Marrow Children Podcast, and we need your help. Everybody really loved the Amanda Burse, Marcy Rhodes, Darcy interview we did. So we want to give away some prizes ourselves, but you have to earn them, and it's going to be about as tough as it was for Al and Steve. We want an interview with either Katie Segal, David Faustino, or Christina Applegate. Now, all three of these people are on Twitter. Now, I know a lot of you listeners have Twitter. So, we need someone to get us an interview with one of these people. Uh, what, No matter how you do it, how you ask, whatever you want to post, do whatever. But if you land us an interview and get in immediate contact with these people even if it doesn't go through but you get us in personal contact with them you will win an official no ma'am t-shirt straight from our show to you free of charge if you just go on twitter maybe every once a week or whatever if they don't answer you you know the first 20 times just keep doing it and then eventually you'll win a t-shirt just say things like hey do you know there's a married children podcast they did they do interviews you gotta get on here whatever it takes yeah say that they interviewed amanda beers you know say things like that uh say they're all experienced they've interviewed tons of people on other shows they know what they're doing uh you don't have to worry about that and they love your show whatever you have to be on. It's the only Marrow Children podcast in the world. 
So it wouldn't be right if you weren't on eventually. Like you have to go to make it complete. Whatever. So, guys, uh, you know we're live in the nudie bar like we are every Wednesday, Hump Day. But I think we should give uh, the people that are here live. We're gonna shut the mics off and stuff, uh, or at least the feed that goes to our iTunes and YouTube channel. We're gonna shut that off. But let's do a little game show action for these people of our own. So, uh, you guys down for that? Absolutely. Yeah, what do I have to lose besides dignity? Hmm. Oh, you have some to lose? Great. That's what I'm looking for. Here we go. Okay, everybody. For $100, how did Jerry get those grass stains on the back of his shirt? I told you I fell. A wrong answer. 